this is Bobby Lemke from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rimpy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you feel the need to jump in on the show this evening, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the third Tuesday of a month. And that, of course, after a couple months of layoff, uh, means that we will be rejoined by an icon in the industry, perhaps the icon of the industry. Certainly nobody better at penning live fire cookbooks Then my first guest this evening, a TV show host of many different shows over the course of many decades, a cooking class school instructor, and the list goes on. Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer and, of course, Barbecue Hall of Famer Stephen Reichland returns to the show again after a couple months layoff. So excited to talk to Stephen. 35 past the hour. Was it two months ago? This Bob Trudnack is on my show, and we're jabbering along, having a very diligent and witty conversation, and casually, as we're talking about his spices and rubs, I think I asked him who's doing those, assuming it was going to be one of those major named companies like Old World Spice or something along these lines. He said, Sweet Smoke Q. I was like, what? Uh-oh. You mean Jim Elzer? He said, yes. He's been doing that for me. And not only does he do rubs, he does sauce. Like, we're talking about the guy from Florida, right? The Ohio guy, the Buckeye, moved to Florida, engineer, builds pits. Yes, that's the guy. Oh, but I had no idea he was into that kind of stuff. Well, I wasn't going to let that slide, so I continued to chase. Made contact, hit up Jim Elser, said, hey, any chance you can come on the show this coming Tuesday and we can talk about this whole co-packing business that you have this evening? And he said, absolutely. So here he is, 35 past 
the pitmaster of Sweet Smoke Q. He's building drum-style smokers. He's got rubs and sauces. But more importantly than that, this evening at least, we're going to be talking about this, this business that he isn't telling anybody about. He has business going on. This could be the first time he's technically advertising it or talking about it out loud. Who knows? So this is a substantial interview coming up in about a half hour from now. Very excited to catch up with Jim and learn all about what he's up to. Then we will move to the second hour because it is the first Tuesday. uh, I'm sorry, because it is a third Tuesday of a month. You know what that means, of course, quarterly guest time. And this time around, we revisit with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. They've re-upped for another four visits this year at a minimum. They have something else that's going on. Great. We'll have them on in between that time. But this will be the first of four visits in 2022. Susie has a lot going on as well as Todd. So we'll talk to them about the ramp up in Instagram and TikTok stuff. They are sponsoring an SCA Utah barbecue pit stop SCA steak contest, but it's not a contest. It's a, oh, you know what I'm trying to say. What is the Sam's Club? The tour, like a tour. Uh, It's more than one contest. There's a word for it I can't even think of as I try to stall so I can come up with it and show you my command of the English language, but it's failing me. But they're sponsoring that. So we'll talk to them about what it's like sponsoring one of those events. And then there's other stuff to talk about as well. So stay tuned for Susie Bullock, 14 past the second hour, and we'll close it out tonight with the creator of one of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling websites. He was first on the show back in July. A lot of you never heard of the website, but the statistics don't lie. We will be rejoined once again by Joe Clements. Get a quick background again if you missed it the first time, and then we'll talk to him about the business of having this kind of website, what it's like, or how he tries to stay above the fold on Google ranks, and how often those change, and things that he has to deal with in combating that to make sure that he is getting the proper rank or the highest ranking that he can get, let's say it in that way. And then secondarily, what it's like to make income off of affiliate links, especially Amazon, and what happens when they decide they're going to reduce commission percentages and how does that affect the overall business and revenues and how do you go outside of the box to recoup some of that? So we'll be talking some business with Joe Clements. Very excited there. Stephen Reichland, Jim Elter, first hour. Susie Bullock, Joe Clements coming up in the second hour. And you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snappers at BBQ Central Show. For live video feeds of the show, you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And don't forget, we do have a live audio stream happening right now on Clubhouse. So if you'd like to only hear it and not see it live, that's the best way to do it. All right, so let's start here tonight. Many of you weighed in on the show from last week. A lot of it was going to the segments with Jeremy Andrus, of course. And a decent amount was going to the second hour guest, Chris Young from the now company Combustion Inc., but formerly of Chef Steps and uh, was a co-author of Modernist Cuisine. I have thoughts on both sides. I will need a little bit more space than I have here tonight with all of the guests and the time running down here in the open 
to get to the Jeremy Andrews side of things. I have a lot of business thoughts and business connections as far as that's concerned, things that I would like to address there. Also, I have personal connections to things that, that could be affected with the way things may or may not play out with Traeger and Green Mountain Grill litigation that I would like to get to as well. A lot of things to unpack there. That being said, Chris Young was an absolutely tremendous guest. I don't know if we have ever had a smarter guy on the show. And that's saying quite a bit. The Texas Embedded Correspondent, longest running, by the way, Doug Scheiding is a really smart guy. Dr. Howard Conyers, who has been on the show, a Nassau rocket scientist, a really smart guy. Chris is right there. In fact, I was so taken with him, I found myself thinking that this is the guy that could step into the live fire space and really make some noise. Fill the void, if you will, that was left when Meathead did the myth-busting stuff, wrote the book, had huge adulation and popularity, but very little follow-up on that kind of stuff after that. And I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but I feel like that if he wanted to, Chris Young could step in and take that whole segment over and dominate. He loves to cook. He loves to cook using live fire, loves to barbecue. He said it as much on the show last week. He loves science. He's really into and good at math. What am I missing here? Of course, he would have to want to do that. But think about the course of time here in the next 10 years or so. Is Meathead still going to be doing this stuff into his 80s? Is anyone looking to be the next person up in that space? I see it. I don't know how it happens. I don't know if there's even any interest in it happening. But the appearance of a natural fit here is just punching me in my face. And I'm interested to hear if you agree or disagree. Guy the Cooking Sam, you did not... Just say Nassau. Did I? NASA? Did I say Nassau? NASA. You know, the rocket people, everybody. Uh-oh. They send space-flying doohickeys into space. Hence the space-flying part. N-A-S-A. That one? Yes. NASA. Or Nassau, depending on where you're from. Hey, head on over to Big Papa Smokers right now to get all of your barbecue needs melt <laughs> or met. Big Papa is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you're a backyard barbecue fanatic like me or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you. Championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards like mine. Big Papa's offering 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Aside from the championship rubs and seasonings, they own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. 
If you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor remind us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Aside from that stuff, they're selling great American-made cookers as well. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's offering special packages. And they are the exclusive Mac dealer on the internet. Not a fan of pellet smokers, all right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, how about this novel idea? Call them and ask questions. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Ask them all the questions you want. They'll steer you in the right direction. Or peruse the website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. And tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. We will be back with barbecue icon Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers, with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Central Lights, it's the third Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to do a segment with an icon in the industry, a host of TV shows, a creator and host of the very popular Project Fire, which you can see on PBS, of course. Writer of some of the most prolific barbecue and grilling cookbooks in the history of barbecue and grilling cookbooks. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Stephen Reichland. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how you doing? Uh, we are fabulous here. Appreciate you making time for us, as always, as we've missed out the last few months here. So good to play catch up. There is a post or a blog writing that was done uh, maybe a month and a half, maybe even two months ago now. I read it, and it blew my mind. It was almost like a Stephen Reichlin expose, and I'm hoping we couldn't sit here and talk about it and make sure everybody else is as aware as I am now, thanks to the writing, and that is this. Evidently, and to my not knowing, there is shenanigans and tomfoolery afoot when it comes to the olive oil business. So, you went ahead and wrote a, a big post that had a number of different items to consider, but uh, let's start at the top. Is it widely known that olive oil might not be olive oil that you think it is? 
Uh, I think it's pretty widely known, uh, at, at least in culinary circles. Uh, and part of the problem is that you buy uh, what's supposedly an Italian olive oil. Uh, and perhaps it was bottled and shipped out of Italy to the United States. But that doesn't mean that the oils in the bottle came from Italy. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, with olive oil, uh, unlike with wine, the minute it's pressed, that is the best olive oil there is. And the longer it sits, uh, the less good it gets. So age is not a good thing for olive oil. Now, this was brought to you by something called the Olive Oil Club, and I know quite a bit about it because my fearless assistant, Nancy Lowski, does all the writing for the Olive Oil Club. And I have also been a subscriber for the last uh, eight or 10 years, and their oils are absolutely phenomenal. They are always different. Uh, they come from different countries. You never get the same oil twice. They are not inexpensive, but when you think that you might spend 30 or $40 for a bottle of wine on a special occasion, you spend the same on a bottle of olive oil, and that will last you, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, so I guess that's where I wanted to start asking a few different questions. So if I go to the grocery store, and I mean, there's a couple brands that come to mind. It's like a Bertolini, or, you know, I mean, there's a few that you see pretty much everywhere, uh, perhaps mass market olive oil. And uh, perhaps a better question to ask before this one is, you see olive oil, and then you see extra virgin olive oil, and then sometimes you see cold-pressed. So are you able to, to break down the various levels and then what, the, what this whole cold-pressed thing is? Sure, absolutely. So first of all, extra virgin uh, refers to the amount of acidity in the olive oil. Cold pressed means that basically the olives were pressed by putting a heavy weight on them, as opposed to a mechanical press, which you know run by an electric engine, um, that would add heat, would heat the olive oil as well as press it, and heat is the enemy of olive oil. If you've been storing your olive oil in a bottle uh, on a shelf over your stove, um, that should stop immediately. You want to keep olive oil in a cool place away from heat and light. I see you wincing there. Uh, here's the other thing. You know, uh, I think many My people... bottle of olive oil is right next to the stove, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you had that bottle of olive oil? Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's been months, of course. Well, it's probably not the greatest example of what olive oil can be. Olive oil, like wine, is, is associated with what... I mean, the best is, is defined by what the French call terroir, meaning it comes from a specific uh, uh, vineyard, orchard, place on earth where the olives have a flavor because of the combination of the soil, the climate, the sunlight that is different than anywhere else. And uh, one of the great joys of olive oil, you know, unlike butter, and, and you know, there are levels of connoisseurship with butter too, but... Uh, a great, truly great olive oil will be, one bottle would be as different from the next as uh, a bottle of wine. And whether the olives are raised, uh, are grown in uh, uh, Portugal, or whether they're grown in Spain, or New Zealand, or Chile, that each of those countries uh, has wonderful oils with very distinctive flavors. So when you're using olive oil, is it tough to cook with? Because, uh, so... 
you know what I'm what I'm understanding here as as you're relating it to wine, it makes it a little bit more approachable to me. Different regions are going to produce grapes differently, hence that's going to taste different uh, depending on what region you're in. So similar to olives, of course. So as you're using it, if you're using uh, one olive oil that you're getting this month, let's say, and you're using it in a recipe, if you're getting a different bottle next month and it's from somewhere completely different, then that's going to have an effect on that flavor profile of the same dish then. Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, we're not uniformity here we're, we're, we're trying to make each meal and each cooking experience a unique experience in life with unique flavors now the oils i'm talking about from the olive oil club you know as i mentioned they are not inexpensive so uh, i tend to use those more as a condiment you know a, a finishing oil uh, if i were going to be deep frying or pan frying i wouldn't necessarily use one of those oils i might use a less expensive oil from california um, but for seasoning a salad, for drizzling on grilled bread to make bruschetta, uh, for drizzling over a uh, porterhouse steak done in the style of bistec alla Fiorentina, uh, you can't beat these oils. So if you're going to the supermarket and you're buying off the shelf, then immediately adjust your expectation down and, and yes. also beware? Well, yeah. And uh, I mean, there are ways that you can sort of maximize uh, your chances of getting a decent oil, a better oil. Um, and, uh, you know, it's fun. With the Olive Oil Club, you get three bottles every three months. Now, I find that three bottles last me roughly nine weeks. So I have a three week period in between my next delivery when I have to go to the supermarket and buy a supermarket oil. Invariably, uh, the oils are not as good. But, if you can find an oil where they tell you what kind of olive is, that level of specificity, it might be an Arbequina, it might be a different kind of olive, um, that is a sign that you're getting a better oil. If you get an oil with a date on it, so you know when it was pressed, that is a sign of a better oil. Some of the best olive oil bargains come out of Greece and Portugal. Uh, Tuscan oils, you know, I mean, Tuscany, everybody, isn't all of Tuscany and sometimes Tuscan oils are priced accordingly and not necessarily better than an oil from Greece or uh, Portugal. Also, California. There's pretty good oils coming out of California. This is an olive oil, but an oil I'm hearing an awful lot about that I didn't really know about until, let's say, uh, a year or two ago, and I'm using quite frequently, is avocado oil. Is this something, I mean, I assume you knew all about it uh, a long time ago, but is that something that's in your regular rotation? I'm to understand it's got a little bit higher smoke point. So for those of us in the live fire world, might be a little bit better to use in those kind of scenarios. But what are your thoughts on uh, avocado oil? Oh, avocado oil is great. It's a very, very mild tasting, clean tasting oil. Um, the one oil I'm not crazy about is corn oil, I think, or peanut oil. I think both of those are sort of heavy, gummy flavors, uh, probably just made a bunch of enemies, but um, uh, no, uh, avocado oil, that's very good oil. By the way, if you're also thinking about oils that deliver flavor, the beauty of some of these oils uh, is that they deliver not only the um, olanaginous properties of oil, but also distinctive flavors. Uh, walnut oil, fantastic. Hazelnut oil, fantastic. So you won't use corn oil. Well, you probably wouldn't use corn oil to, to deep fry. But I, I know a lot of guys that use uh, or I know a lot of people that use peanut oil to, to deep fry. 
Right, because it has a high uh, a high burn point. No, I'm 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 a canola you know a canola oil guy, or I might fry I might fry in a less expensive olive oil. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. Now, every month it seems for the for the last uh, maybe year or so, we're coming out on barbecuebible.com with what you should be cooking or, or grilling or barbecuing this month. And in February, there was a specific dish that catches my eye, and that's jerk chicken. I haven't had it. I've had it. Uh, I haven't had it a, a, a number of times. I've never really cooked it myself, but it's always something that's fascinated me. So I see it on your blog post here recently, so I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, a, I guess, if, if you're able to give any background on that dish specifically, obviously we know it comes from Jamaica, but uh, you know some background on that dish, and then you're favorite recipes and ways to prepare sure well jerk uh it uh, there are many theories about where the word comes from it is jamaican barbecue uh some say it's juke meaning to poke with a sharp stick like you make holes in the meat so the marinade can go in uh some people cite its uh etymological relation to jerky sharky jerk uh, the idea that the meat is preserved with smoke and fire. But in any case, the salient ca characteristics, it's hot thanks to scotch bonnet chilies. It's aromatic and fragrant thanks to spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, and above all, allspice, which the Jamaicans call pimento. It's smoky because it's cooked over a pimento wood fire. And in Jamaica, the grill grate is actually made out of wooden sticks, not out of metal. So they actually burn process of cooking the jerk. By the way, I'm sure all your listeners who study the history of barbecue have seen that famous illustration of the first uh, uh, barbecue in the West Indies that was, uh, it was called barbacoa. And that grill is made with upright posts and then sticks going across. Well, in Jamaica, 400 years later, they're still using wooden grill grates. Um, in my books, uh, like Planet Barbecue or Barbecue Bible, I give uh, Project Smoke, as a matter of fact, uh, my own recipes for making jerk seasoning. But, you know, there are a lot of ingredients and it's a process. Uh, and there's some very good uh, prepared jerk seasonings like Walker's Wood is a very good jerk seasoning. Uh, jerk pork, the classic. Jerk chicken, fantastic. Jerk snapper, you know, really great. Expect flavors that are going to be hot, sweet, aromatic, fragrant, spicy, pungent. A lot going on. From a chicken standpoint, are you a... Uh... Uh, thighs guy for that or can you use breast if you want uh i'm a thigh guy uh actually i have the perfect marriage the reason my reason my wife married me is she likes the breast meat i like the dark meat so we knew we were going to get along uh but uh typically uh jamaican jerk chicken is actually made with a whole chicken so somebody have the breast if they want it i can have the thighs by the way, speaking of chicken thighs, there's another cool dish that we recommend for uh, preparing in February. Mm -hmm. And that are, uh, I call these uh, my char siu chicken thighs. Um, char siu, that's uh, uh, Chinese barbecue. It's characterized by the use of star anise, which is both sweet and kind of licorice flavor, soy sauce for salt. And these bundles, they're stuffed with chicken, Chinese ham, and cheese, uh, done in the char siu marinade, glazed indirect grilled. I like to add some wood smoke too. And uh, I'm staring at I'm staring at a plate of them right now on uh, my website and wishing I hadn't had dinner earlier. What's Chinese ham? 
Uh, very similar to Smithfield ham. Uh, it's, it's a sweet, salty, cured ham. You can find it at Chinese markets. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. So this past weekend, there were a lot of things happening in the sports world. You have the Olympics. There was also the lead-up and eventual playing of the Super Bowl on Sunday. But uh, all weekend, if you're a fan of Live Fire, there was a marathon of Stephen Reichlin on PBS. So I'm wondering, do you tune in on purpose to any of that, or will you flip through channels and see, oh, hey, there's me on television, and I'll watch a few minutes? Mm, to be honest with you, I really don't. I, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's cruel and unusual uh, punishment to watch yourself on television. Uh, you know... Uh, but I did, I did watch the game. I thought it was a hell of a game. And, uh, you know, my assistant, Nancy uh, Lowski, who, by the way, has written a healthy pellet grill cookbook you all should check out and definitely check out the Olive Oil Club. She came up with this incredible recipe for Super Bowl, but I'm going to be making uh, any time I get the occasion. And it is a buffalo chicken dip. So imagine buffalo chicken wings uh, channeling a dip that is then enriched with blue cheese. And uh, it is nothing sort of, short of miraculous. Last question here before I let you go tonight, Stephen, and I appreciate the time. Uh, actually, first, since we're on the topic of television shows, uh, let's talk about the impending new season of Project Fire. Uh, anything we need to know about coming up, and when is it set to debut? Pretty cool show. Uh, it's launching on April 15th. Uh, it's the official launch date. Uh, if you follow my social media or barbecuebible.com, you'll be hearing lots more about it behind the scenes. We have some very interesting shows this year, including one that I call uh, Influential Barbecue. I invited three of my favorite barbecue influencers from Instagram on the show uh, to sort of take them off the screen and, uh, and, and put them in a TV show, and that was really fascinating. We taped the show in St. Louis, our first ever urban setting. And St. Louis has some terrific barbecue. It's perhaps mm -hmm. less well-known than Kansas City or Memphis, but uh, very cool, distinctive dishes. Uh, you'll see some amazing things, including turkey ribs uh, done by a woman named Erlene Walker. And uh, yep, you see it first on our show. Uh, we've got a show on uh, barbecue for breakfast. Uh, and in that show, you'll find out how to make homemade cinnamon buns with bacon in them, cooked on a smoker. Completely awesome. Uh, we've retained the mystery boxes, so you get to watch me come out on the set and find things I can cite last year's. I can't this year's, of course, but uh, one week they uh, gave me a sunflower to grill. One week they gave me a bowl of chicken livers to grill. And then uh, they showed some mercy on me the uh, third week and gave me lamb ribs. But that's one of my favorite parts of the show, the uh, mystery boxes. I love that adrenaline rush, the kind of creativity of figuring out what to grill on the spot. When you mentioned turkey ribs, is it something other than the actual meaning, turkey ribs? Yeah, it's actually, I guess I'm not giving too much away. It's, uh, it's the clavicle. And uh, so each turkey has two of them, and they, they look like uh, and eat like individual baby back ribs. Mm. All right, so interesting uh, for sure. So, so Project Fire, I saw it first on Project Fire. That's right. April 15th is when it's set to debut. Uh, last question here before I let you go and appreciate the time. Of course, uh, last year you had announced you got into the mail-order barbecue business. 
and we were struggling through pandemics and all this other stuff. So uh, as we sit here, middle of February 2022, where is the business progress at this point? Uh, it is super exciting. Uh, we just rolled out two new products. Uh, we've got a smoked turkey breast, and we have what I think is the finest uh, pastrami on the market. And I call it a barbecued pastrami. It never sees the inside of a steamer. It's a pure smoked product all the way through. Uh, so that will be coming uh, coming to market this spring. Uh, just got our first samples, and I'm super excited. Okay. By the way, you can find the products on crowdcow.com. All right. Uh, does Planted Barbecue recycle to CrowdCow as well, or we just send people to CrowdCow? Oh, you can find it on uh, uh, barbecuebible.com. And then uh, we shoot you over to CrowdCow. All right. Uh, so if you're interested in trying out some of Stephen's mail-order barbecue or you want to try this, what he is billing to be the best pastrami, then you might want to put it to the test and uh, grab one or two and make some sandwiches and see what you think. Of course, you can see Stephen Reichlin right here third Tuesday of every month. And April 15th, you will see the newest edition of Project Fire. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. You do a great job. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Stephen Reichlin right there. And we always appreciate him coming on the show. Turkey ribs. Boy, I was like, I mean, I'm no smart guy here, but I've seen turkey ribs, and they're a little small. So he didn't let the cat out of the bag too much, revealing that they weren't actually the ribs, but they were the clavicles. So now that has actually heightened me even more to want to tune in and see how they actually look and how to cook them. And the person that he mentioned cooking those, by the way, is kind of a barbecue legend as well. I've heard that name before. Jim Elter is in the green room getting ready to talk about co-packaging. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers, designing and building all of their products right here in the United States and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits or charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that is rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit their website, yodersmokers.com. That's yodersmokers.com, and grab yours today. As I had mentioned, we'll be right back with Jim Elser. Stick around. We'll be right back. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. 
And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have that can make your wood smoke flavoring even easier or better. CookinPellets.com. My next guest is a championship-winning pit master, a pit builder, a cooking class instructor, and much more. And tonight we're talking about something... I learned a few months back from friend of show Bob Trudnack, so let's not waste any more time as we hit the hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of Sweet Smoke Q. Jim Elzer joins me. Hey, Jim. What's up, Greg? I am happy to have you aboard here tonight, Jim. And I think that I am the one that knows some secret stuff about other folks in the industry. And I figure this would <laughs> oh. certainly have been one of those things, alas. I think I learned about it in passing from an interview with Bob Trudnack, and that's this. You're in the co-packaging or commercial packaging business. Now, traditionally, it's pitmasters getting their stuff made, and now you're the guy making other pitmaster stuff, probably aside from your own. How'd you get into this? <laughs> well, you're correct on all that, and I don't think it was a, a secret. We just, you know, provided a, a great service, you know, and, and word of mouth. So we just... Felt like we haven't had to advertise and, you know, we're busy as ever. So how did we get in the business? Um, just wanted to control, you know, the, the product. And um, basically, you know, I wanted 100% control of when the product was going to be made, when it was going to be, you know, on the shelves and that kind of stuff. Usually when people want to take control of stuff, it's... I'm going to grow my own cow or I'm going to grow my own corn or, you know, it's not, we're going to get into the commercial packaging stuff. So was there a, somebody that was going out of business or did you just find space and start bringing in machinery or, or what? No, we, uh, we actually moved into a, a, a shop back in, uh, 2016. That's when I officially quit my engineering job. So we moved into a, uh, you know, 3000 square foot facility and realized real quick that we were running out of room, you know, that's where we we're building our smokers and, you know, operating, you know, our day-to-day -day business just with the competitions and classes and that kind of stuff. And we ran out of room. So, uh, in the same industrial park, there was a, a new building, uh, being constructed. So we figured that we would, you know, jump on board and see what we could do build a commercial commercial kitchen, get some equipment. And it took, took a little bit of time to, to get it worked out. And now we're 100% fully operated going crazy. So what's the setup like now and what can you accommodate from a volume standpoint? <clears throat> right now we can accommodate from anything from, you know, real small batch. I, I, I say that we're micro batch, but we can do large batches up to, you know, thousands of gallons. We're right now we're in the process of, uh, working with a with with somebody up in the the northeast about getting a um a couple of bloody mary mixes made we're talking thousands and thousands of gallons of that so mm -hmm. we're we're ramping up to that and and we've done you know just a few cases you know 10 10 gallons so we'll we'll do pretty much you know any any amount that you know you're looking for and i think that a lot of uh, co-packers have a minimum of you know when i was looking around my product uh, having made it was a lot of times it was 200 gallons 500 gallons and when you're in a small you know startup you don't really 
know if you're going to sell that much product. And that's a lot of upfront cost. And I, I call it cash on a pallet, just waiting there for to be sold. So I, I just decided that, you know, I want to help, you know, other barbecue, you know, guys out and in and, and restaurants that, that didn't want to do that 500 gallon or, or so. We'll, we'll do whatever. Is the minimums then being instituted by these other companies, the fact that they're just, or they've reached a certain size and they don't want to step down production, they want to keep it at a minimum level and it's either got to be here or more. And that actually positions you better into a market where people would be like, well, geez, I, I can't, I can't reach that level right off the bat. So I'm just going to chuck this dream into the woods and away it goes. Well, now they can circle back. They know Jim can do it. And you're not going to be looking to say, well, you got to do 500 or a thousand gallons. We'll do, as you said, uh, you know, five cases. Right, right. You know, those companies and myself, you know, I, yeah, I'd rather do the larger quantities because, you know, you're, you're going to make more on that, that product. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it, it's making, making, um, it's better to make a, a dime than not make a dime. So <laughs> You know, I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like, you know, I'm helping these, these smaller guys out and, and, you know, I was there at one point, so we're, we're actually, you know, my product that we're, 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 we're not in them couple cases. We're in, you know, hundreds of gallons of, you know, sweet smoke product. So, and, and you know, we've been working with smaller guys and, and, uh, you know, restaurants even, and, uh, their first order might be, you know, 25 gallons or 50 gallons. And then down the road, we're looking at, you know, the 500 or, or so. So, you know, if, if we didn't take on those accounts, then we might not get those, you know, have them for, a, you know, longstanding, cust you know, customer. Right. Uh, grow them right from the beginning all the way, you know, from mm -hmm. the short, smaller orders initially. Yeah. And as they build, you're growing right along with them. And that builds a good relationship, obviously. So talking with Jim right. Elzer from Sweet Smoke Q, is there a, a different website for the... Are you, do you even have a website for the co-packaging stuff or people uh, got to email you to ask about it? Right now, right now we are, I keep saying this, we're working on a web website. We have one pretty much done. We just have, they're waiting on me to kind of, to give it the go ahead. And, um, so right now we're just on the, the old, uh, sweet smoke dot or sweet smoke Q.com go on the contact page. Um, and you know, just tell me you're interested in the co-packing and, and we have a brochure that we will, we'll send you out and it explains the whole process from, you know, getting your recipe, signing the, uh, the non-disclosure, uh, working with, uh, you know, uh, nutritional fat, you know, the panel and, and, and labels and, and all that kind of stuff. Let's, so we, we, let's have a little fun here. Let's pretend that I have, so I do, I have a great homemade barbecue sauce. Now where this will diverge off of realism, I have no desire to actually take it commercially to market, but everybody <laughs> everybody's, that got a great, everybody's got a great barbecue sauce. Yes, of course, but everybody say, oh, this is great, you should go salad, but nobody else you know, wants to uh, angel invest in the Remster, let me tell you that. But, mm -hmm. let's get out of that for a second. I want to angel invest in me, in Barbecue Central Show Sauce, so I call up Jim, I say, hey Jim, I got the sauce that I want to try and get to market, how do we start? Where do we go from there? We can we, we, we can help you out. First of all, I'm going to send you uh, some uh, some information on on the process. If you got any questions, just give me a call and we'll go over that. And then uh, if you're ready to, if that all looks good, and we'll sign a non-disclosure. After I get that non-disclosure, we'll uh, get the recipe. And and I've had customers that don't even have recipes. Well, I use this and that. Okay, we'll help you develop, you know, uh, a commercial sauce, 
that you mix in there and you know we'll develop that and we'll make you um we have a small um r d fee which is real small um and then we'll um we'll make you a, a sample based on your your recipe or you know your product that you're using you send me something that you're using uh we'll develop it we'll we'll, we'll do it up to three times to get it right and we won't even charge you extra for that so once we get that developed you, you sign off on that and then we will um we have to send it to a third party uh a lab to get it you know shelf stable and all that kind of stuff required by the uh you know the the federal go government so we have to send that out and once we get that back and you know we're you, you submit a um, a down a down uh, deposit, and then we usually work that within you know three to four weeks, and you'll have product. One of the things that I'm hearing from when I talk to other guys that are getting their sauce or getting their rubs made through the testing process is they submit the recipe, and then they hear back, uh, "You instead of this ingredient because it's going to be expensive." we can sub it out for this or we can sub it out for that. That's going to bring the overall cost of the bottle down. That's going to increase your profit into the bottle. Do you do that with customers or whatever they give you? You give it back to them and say, okay, here it is the way you told me. <clears throat> now, as an aside, there are some things we could do that will keep it tasting the same, but would also give you more money per bottle and profit. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that, and that's an up in the you know the first you know hour discussion with them about you know we we have a good example is is like Worcestershire sauce. Well, if you got you know Lean Perrins or a French's or whatever, you know obviously the higher end Worcestershire sauce is going to cost you more, and and we'll do that. We'll 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 put all, any ingredient in there you want, but we'll work with you and it's like okay, if you do this, you're going to re reduce your cost a little bit, um, and. I tell a lot of people is, you know, if you don't have your sauce already on the shelves there, no, not, I don't think many people, if not anybody's going to tell the difference from, you know, a brand of Worcestershire sauce. Um, that, that's a good example. And then we have Worcestershire sauces that is, uh, you know, doesn't have the anchovies in um, or uh, gluten-free and, and all that. So we, we discussed that um, and, um, Another one is soy sauce. Well, you know, do you want it gluten-free or not? So we can, we can mm. substitute different, um, brands of, 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 of ingredients. And, and we stock, we stock, you know, similar, similar, um, you know, ingredients that, you know, especially with, with ketchup, um, we have a specific brand that, you know, it's, it's, um, in non high fructose corn syrup. I, I do, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of push them towards that. Cause this is a specialty, you know, uh, a small batch kind of gourmet sauce and, and people are kind of hesitant, you know, if they see the high fructose corn syrup. So we don't use any of that unless they say, okay, we want to use this brand of ketchup, but typically we can, we, and I'm not saying we're steer them away, but I'm, I'm trying to save you, you know, you money. Um, because, you know, right now with, the uh you know what we're going through with the pandemic in the last especially the last year ingredients are, have just been gone mm. through the roof you know e even just regular salt salt has doubled in price and just certain things like that so i'm always on the hunt for to save you know myself and you know you as a customer the most money you can uh, that i can save you so we get 
the recipe knocked down. It goes out to third-party testing, comes back everything. You get whatever you need back from them, uh, certification-wise or whatever that is. And then what about labeling? Is that something that you also do, or does that get contracted out? I got to bring my own? What happens? Well, we don't actually do labeling, label design in-house. Um, I have done a little bit. Um, I, I just don't have time for that. And then we'll, we'll have a, we have a local company here in Tampa that, that, you know, you can go to, you know, mom and pop's, you know, label company in Des Moines, Iowa, but, you know, I give you parameters and, and, and the, what you need that what's required on the label. So I, I kind of work with them and, you know, as your sauce, I'd be like, okay, here's the contact you deal with them. They know my specs for my label machine, what the kind of specs for the, the labels. And then you, you kind of deal with that. And then they, they'll, they'll ship them to me. So you, and then we'll bottle it, put, put the packaging on there and send it out. And when you get it, you can tell it. Obviously we've already established whatever our first order size is going to look like as well is that done right in a, like right at the beginning what what i'll do is and a good uh i get asked all the time well what's it going to cost well it depends on you know your ingredients <laughs> you know it, it's and, and my i have a, a spreadsheet that's based on you know weight um i get a lot of recipes you know with cups and you know teaspoons and that and but we we produce by weight uh it's more uh consistent that way so we'll, once we'll get your um, sample done and you approve it, then I can get you cost of, you know, if you want 25 gallons or you want a thousand gallons. So, and then you get to pick what, you know, we have certain bottles we, we stock. Uh, if you got a certain bottle that you want and we can get it, you know, we, you know, there's, we don't have a specific bottle that you have to use. Hmm. Um, I know barbecue has been full time for you for, you know, a number of years. I think you said 2016 was when you retired out right. of the engineering job to do barbecue full time. So as you are getting further and further into the co-packaging portion, is this something that you see dominating the revenue side of the company or perhaps being the only thing at some point, or do you want to stay diverse? Yeah, we're, we're actually looking at, um, my businesses, you know, with, with the, with the competition and we were doing some, some caterings and, and, you know, that kind of slowed off and the, during the COVID. So we're, we're, what, what I got planned for possibly mid, mid 2022 is splitting the company up into fabrication side and co-packing, you know, competing side. So we're working on that and then split. So we're, we're kind of like two different companies. Um, so that's what we're planning on in in the next few months. Is there a lot of competition in this field? I mean, are there more than you know five or six big co-packers? Yeah, the, yeah. There's there's competition, but there I think there's a lot. There's plenty of work to go around, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like that you know if you you know you provide a great product and a great service, then you're you're going to be you know you're going to be busy, and and we're we're extremely busy. So I I you know can't complain about that. Last weekend, you compete and win. I think the weekend before that or the last time you competed uh, was Reserve Grand Champion. So you're obviously still mm -hmm. keen on the competition stuff and doing well. How does that takes a lot of time? I mean, you got to I mean, maybe you don't it, have it, to it, practice, but if certainly you want to make sure that your skills are sharp and if you have a couple weeks off. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? So how are you uh, hedging all sides of business and competition? It, 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 it's I'm, I'm working, you know, I'm burning a lot of hours, um, you know, especially when, you know, competition, uh, 
up until last year, I kind of took competition as a, uh, you know, part of the business and my results kind of showed, you know, just because I was doing it as business, you know, not saying I wasn't having fun at it, but it was just going through the motions. And then last year I'm like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to look at this as a hobby again, you know, when I was doing it as a hobby and doing much better. And, and I go in there and I'm, I'm still, you know, with phone, with phone and emails at the contest, I'm still tied to the business, but I tend to, you know, relax that the business side you know, on, you know, especially Friday and, you know, in the weekends. So from Sunday, when I get back, you know, Sunday to, to Thursday, late afternoon, when I head out to the contest or, you know, we're, we're balls to the walls. Where are you competing at next? Uh, we'll be in uh, Haines City, which is local, uh, you know, not too far in between Tampa and Orlando. And um, we, we've, we've hit a stretch um, down here, you know, this time of year is pretty hot and heavy with competitions. So I think in the last, we've, we're doing about nine contests in the last 10 weeks. So, wow. and then I'm, look, I'm looking for a break uh, after this weekend. We got a break. We got a break and then uh, a few more. And then it kind of slows down and, you know, Florida area, then we'll probably travel, you know, to a few other states and do do a few, but I keep saying I'm going to slow down and, um, you know, but when you start to do well and it, it just, it's, it's kind of a, it, it's, it's kind of a drug. It's addicting that, yeah. you know, you just keep going at it and, and, you know, I'm getting older and just, you know, I, I'd like to pick and choose which contest. And, and I think I'm at that point right now, you know, I think I'm going to finish out this year strong with doing, you know, contests probably 25. And then my goal for next year, just kind of pick and choose which ones, you know, I have a few on the bucket list to, to win, you know, and, and I'm just going to go out and have a good time and compete where I want to compete, not just because I have to compete. If you're somebody that has a rub or sauce that you're looking to get commercially made, get to market, and you are sick of these high minimums that everybody else is trying to stick you with, Forget about that. Go over to Sweet Smoke Q's website right now. Hit the contact page and tell Jim you heard him on the show and you are ready to rock and roll and he will help you out. And then, of course, keep copious notes and then report back to me. I'll have you on the show and we can talk about what your customer experience was like. Jim, really appreciate the insight here to the business, how you got into it and what you're up to on the competition side. Continued success and let's do it again soon. Appreciate it, Greg. Thanks for having me on. You got it's it. There a minute. Jim Elter right there. Been a minute. No kidding. I think the last time he was on the show, November 2015. Holy moly. Unbelievable. Time flies, no doubt about it. And back in November of 2015, Jim Elser was kicking ass on the competition circuit as well. It's a long time. That's a long time of ass kicking is what I'm saying. Way to go, Jim. All right, speaking of butt whoopings, let me talk to you quickly about David McDowell and my man over David Leans. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. I know a lot of us are in a habit right now. Poor health, not eating great. You love barbecue. You have second, third, fourth helpings because it's delicious. But what effect is that having on your body? And what effect is having an activity level that's not what it used to be having on your body and health. Maybe you've heard that having a dad bod is cool. Well, take it from a stud like me. It's not. 
There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go, not to mention being overweight can increase the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes and cancers and coronary artery disease and sleep apnea. The list goes on. Making the decision to change decades-old food habits can mean the difference between attaining your health goals and dealing with the unknown health challenges that you and your family might have to face. Luckily, thanks to my pal and friend of show and backyard barbecue enthusiast and men's health and wellness coach David McDowell, you can eat barbecue all year round and still lose the fat. Fat! David McDowell is your assistant around the clock. He's just a text message, iMessage, or WhatsApp message away. He's even available to FaceTime, Zoom, or WhatsApp video chat whenever you need him, even on short notice. Some coaches are charging up to, what, $500 for a canned diet plan? One to two check-ins a month? No way. Partnering with Dave, it allows you access to a resource who's available effectively 24-7. Things have gone so well since he started here. 200 bucks a month. That's right. Save the money and buy exercise equipment with what you're doing with David. Plus, he's available. Come on. Don't wait. Get on it now. Get your health headed in the right direction for 2022. It's only middle of February. David's personal guarantee to you, if you're honest and you make the effort, you'll succeed in losing fat. And if you don't, he'll refund you 100% of your investment. No questions asked. Ready to go? Hit the website. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up and get the Barbecue Central rate. By the way, if you like following people on Instagram... Follow Earl's Cookout. That's his Instagram page. It's incredible. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro, and Fireboard Spark. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816 945 22 that's 816-945-2232, the Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and the Fireboard Spark. Instant read, that Spark, that's a sexy little package. It's an instant read meat thermometer. It's also a one-channel Fireboard. It's also a clearinghouse of a display for a six-channel Fireboard if you're running one of those, both the one or the two. What aren't you getting? It's great. Pick up one, hurry. Hurriedly pick one up before they're all out. Hey, Scott Atkinson is in the chat. I.O., pal, I.O. I see nobody else is picking up on that. That's an Ohio thing. Got to check this text message. Stand by. Did Stephen Reichland really say he's never had buffalo chicken dip? I know! How could that be? I don't know. I once told Stephen Reichlin on the show I'd never had caviar before. He had a similar reaction to me just wondering how you could never have buffalo chicken dip. Uh, to me, it's a little different. 
But hey. All right, we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations. We'll do a top of take, and then we'll get to Susie Bullock, and we will close it out with Joe Clements from Smoked Barbecue Source. Stick around. We'll be right back. 